Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy. Hi. So we have a lot to cover today. So I'm going to go rapid fire right through basketball. One, Bucks won, beat the Pelicans. Rough first half, killed second half. Badgers, man, they really, really don't like to play good. They blew a 20-plus point lead against Ohio State just to come back in overtime and win. And Marquette still likes to lose, but hopefully they can rebound right before the tournament. All right, moving on. Mike, do you got something for us? Well, yeah, that covers everything basketball. So I had an interesting um, work week so far. So Monday, I go into work, and there's a a utility truck with a trailer outside. They're unloading some stuff. I can tell there's there's a lot of people gone already. What time of day is this? This is... Broad daylight? This is afternoon. So I'm like, hmm, there should be more people here. Something weird's up. Yeah, I question a lot of things right now because I'm knee-deep in the Sopranos, so anything seems a little sketchy. But continue. A lot of rolled-up carpet being moved Um, So... Uh, someone tells me what's going on and says, oh, uh, so Sunday, the motion sensors for the security system on the lower level kept going off. So security looked to see who was in the building. They figured it's probably just IT because IT comes in a lot on the weekends and nobody had swiped into the building, but the motion sensor kept going off. I'm like, well, we better send someone over to investigate. Security goes over in the main entrance starts to go to that part of the office and is greeted by that side of the office being a swimming pool like three inches of standing water oh boy goes downstairs the reason the motion sensors were going off is so much water coming down the ceiling tiles were falling that's what it was picking up and water raining down on all of the cubic all the desks in the cubicles awesome so like half the building got completely flooded by oh. plumbing problems Okay. Oh. Oh, because at first, like, we had some rain, so I didn't know if that maybe played into it. But no, I I think Bobby clogged the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Wet bandits. It might have been me. Too much. Too much coffee. (laughs) But maybe it was it. You keep ragging on them. They just triggered the. It made me think, though. I think I'm cursed when it comes to flooding. I know you guys. Oh yeah. You guys both had to deal with it. Was that? Well, now you're at least live above ground. So That's you'd true. think you'd be somewhat safe. You can't even go to work anymore. Yeah, it gets me at work. Uh, was that July of 2017? Yes. We had the terrible rain. Both of yeah. you guys had your basements get. Yeah, I was in San Antonio. Yeah, Pete, yeah, Pete got quite a I bit more. I remember that. So, yeah, that that wasn't fun. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing spreads panic like... Not only that much rain, but power outage. Yeah, that's right. I remember you were in San Antonio, Pete, and you were worried about your house. And I wanted to go over and check on it, but I couldn't because I was at my parents' house and my dad was out of town. So I was helping my mom fight the flooding <laughs> at their house. Well, your street just pretty much get a like a kayak or something to go down the road. Yeah, the news uh van actually parked right by our house because it's on the top of a hill and the people at the bottom of the hill were it was like three feet of water it was like up like halfway up their front door so it wasn't too bad but 
I have now dealt with between that happening at my parents' house and work. I also had two apartments flood. Yeah. <laughs> this is four floods <laughs> in like 15 oh, years. Man. Did you have an apartment flood and you were even in an apartment like three stories up? Yes. That was because my neighbor, um, this was New Year's, <laughs> he left his window open because our apartments would get really hot and he had people over for New Year's. Yeah. And he, uh, he left his window wide open though. And that's when it got like below zero at night on New Year's. And I was gone. I had gone out for New Year's, stayed at someone's house, then went and watched like the Badgers at a New Year's game, went and watched that. I come home into my apartment and my front the door to my apartment is open and all my furniture's like all rearranged. I'm like, well, I got robbed. <laughs> but then I saw my computer was there and I was like, oh, sweet. That's the only thing I care about. And then I figured out uh, maintenance had moved all my stuff because my neighbor's uh, toilet had turned into a block of ice and then the pipes burst. And it, all, oh, and it all started coming in the walls into my apartment. <laughs> but I am cursed with, a little bit. Yeah. with flood damage. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm really starting to get concerned that do you think it's because I did dig up an Indian burial ground to put in a swimming pool? Do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you think they're getting revenge? Maybe. You didn't relocate it to a better place? No, but... Prevent the curse? Flooding is such a pain. I've yeah, all been there. It's one of the worst. A- yeah. After 2017, like, I'm uber paranoid now. Like any like little bit of rain, I'm like, oh, oh God, please don't. Yeah. Don't come in here. That's yeah. That's how I feel now. Like I'm getting like kind of paranoid now about flooding because it's happened so many times. Well, yeah, because all the snow and ice and stuff, we have basically like a one foot pond in our backyard, and my backyard's not big. Yeah, and it's starting to come up close, and I'm like, I just kind of close my eyes, and if if it destroys everything in the basement, oh well, whatever, it's gone. I'm not I'm not feel, fixing it again. Yeah, you, round you, one. Put, you put so oh, much man. so much time and effort <laughs> just, into fixing I it. I just though. got done fixing it. So, yeah. Do you like, need to chisel out some... Because this is the problem now, like as you mentioned, because of all the snow and ice that we had, it, it created barriers in places that are supposed to be runoff spots. So do you need to like chisel out a, a runoff spot to get some of that water out? Yeah, I don't know. I have no clue... Because we went for a walk around our... Do? I have two sump pumps, so they always go off constantly no matter what the weather is. Mm. So I, there's something wrong, and I called the village this week, and I didn't get an answer, so it's been like four days. Like, great, thanks. Because we went for a walk around <laughs> around our yard or whatever, and I noticed what I thought was uh, still a sheet of ice slash snow. We stepped down about six inches, and there's running water underneath it. Nice. Going, going into the, the old pond there. Oh, there wow. You're so it's working, I guess. But that, oh man, it's gonna be a rough spring. That pond's gonna be awfully high. Are you are it's you telling fine. me that uh, it's gonna affect our wiffle ball field? No. Okay. Good. No, because if anything, that 2017 rain taught me, or else in general, is the fact that the way that they had the drainage go has actually worked perfectly. Because I had a, a six foot wide river that basically came from in between the fields into my into the pond. The pond filled up within an hour and then overfill the banks back into the like field behind me. So it worked as design. Good. I only got water in my basement because the person who built the house didn't put the gutters another inch farther past the landscaping. Mm. Yeah. So when you get it's few inches, what the problem is. When you get a few inches of water, it's no big deal. It's fine. When you get thirteen inches of water, that's a problem. Yeah. My sister had 13 inches of water pretty much. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> seeing her. But it's funny because then she learned that 
her house was actually a pond, like where her house was, <laughs> uh-huh. and there was a bridge going over it to the farm that's above her, like on a hill. Yeah. I'm so they're allowed I can't to believe they built a. Like I'm surprised they're allowed to build a house there. Right. Well, I have no. Clue. Well, most like, of that area where they're giving the new subdivision is that used to be like a wetland marsh area. So you know. Yeah, behind the, by the school that used to be, like a river, like a or a creek, right where those apartments are. Because I think my dad told me the the house at the bottom of the hill where they live, that that house didn't used to be there. They had to petition the village to be able to build there because the village didn't want a house there because of obviously there shouldn't be a house <laughs> yeah. there. There's a reason for it. Anyway, well they were good for like twenty years and then finally, the village was right. Yeah, well I'm ready for things to dry up. I want to use your yard as a wiffle ball field again when it's warmer. We need to do that. Hey, 17 hey. days. 17 days. Hey, it might be dry by like August. Yeah. 17 days and I, the brewers start opening day. I like to promise your guys' kids candy if they can hit a ball into the pond on a fly. <laughs> I said that last time they were trying so well, hard. Jameson likes that because he's lefty. Yeah. So. <laughs> he came close. <laughs> he Very had close. Co- he had a couple that went like rolled down to the pond. I and said, Trenton, nope. Trenton kept on trying to hit one in there too. I said it's got to be a fly because they kept they would hit They'd it. Roll it. Yeah. Yeah. No, nope. almost. Well... On that note, I was gonna say you should come work for me, but don't. No, don't I think do I should stay far away from everyone I know and care about. I could just go off to some island, a desert island where it can't get rain. Yeah, it would still <laughs> yeah. rain. It's still rain. It's still find a way to rain. Come on now. Maybe yeah, I bet there'd be a lot of places out west when they have droughts and stuff that would pay to have you come visit. So something good happened this week, you know, it, not flooding in Arizona, of course, but Jimmy Nelson returned to the mound Monday. He's back. He's back via JS Online. Kirsten Yelich said, we thought it would be nice, a nice gesture to show up uh, the whole whole team. Yeah, did you see that picture Everybody, of that? Everybody, yeah, entire the squad whole team was, was on the squad up at, at the defense watching them pitch. Yeah. They were excited. He said, we know how, how, much, he, how much work he's put in. And how important it is for him. It's not too big to ask the guys for, to stay for two to three more innings. Support a teammate. Jimmy Nelson on the support from the team. I have so much respect for these guys. It's one of the really cool moments in my career. And then the fans being all pumped up when I came out and threw that first pitch. Can't help but smile. And, of course, the second pitch was was a home run. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> at, least the first, it goes. at least the first one wasn't. They could yeah. all be excited. He throws that first pitch. He's back. I like I like to hear that a couple couple of his pitches actually got up in the ninety three ninety four range, so getting that velocity yeah, back up, strength. Yeah, so the arm looks like it's pretty good. Plus, he struck out the side. Yeah, all all outs by a strikeout, even if he gave up a couple of runs. Yeah, can't can't go wrong there. So he's well on his way to coming back, of course. And uh, council said the next day that he didn't suffer any setbacks, so that's nice to hear too. Um, five hundred forty nine days he was yeah. out of. That's a long time yeah. in no baseball. Very long time, for sure. So do you think he's like, he could be a comeback player of the year candidate? Another big one is Moose named to be the second baseman for 2019. Never played second base. First time playing second base, and I guess he's doing a good job. Um, what do you guys think? It's interesting that they're committing to him already. That I thought we'd still see Shaw there 
or decent. We might still, but True. they seem to want to go into the season saying it's it's his job. That that's that's the normal lineup. It's probably good to give the last couple of weeks of spring training, give some confidence, boost confidence to we have faith in you and it's your job to to take it, run with it. So kind of just shows that Hira is going to be sent down, not going to be with the club this year. Well, he'll come late probably, but yeah, probably that makes September call up. But yeah, I think he doesn't really fit into their plans for right now. So, Mike, how do you think Moose would do at second base if he was left-handed? He would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Got to be right-handed to play second base. Another second baseman that's been doing a good job this spring is Corey Spanishberg. He had a home run, three home runs this spring. I will say I I didn't think he'd make the roster, but they've been playing him at shortstop a lot. And, yeah, maybe he beats out uh, Saladino then. Yeah, because he's a super utility guy. Not that Salandino can play a couple positions too, but but yeah, he can play a lot more. I think. Yeah, right. And then you could have, you would have uh, Spangenberg and Perez, and the lefty righty then as your utility guys. So yeah, just kind of looking at that last pitching spot to Brandon Woodruff and Josh Tomlin. I got some some little notes on them. Brandon Woodruff, he's been pretty solid this spring. Four shutout innings so far. Uh, last year, of course, out of the bullpen, he was he was really good. Um, he looks like he's well on his way to get that starting spot. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Tomlin, he's been rough. He's a long shot probably to make this roster. Six innings, seven runs, nine hits, three home runs. His last inning was, was pretty awful. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear he he's just not going to cut yeah. it. We have other options that are better, Yep. even if we need like a six-starter kind of guy. So, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Corbin Burns or Peralta, which one – because I'm pretty sure I don't think Jimmy Nelson's going to be in the starting rotation to start the season. So that's my my opinion, but we'll see, I guess. Well, there is a chance that Jeffress and Nelson are both not on the roster to start the season. So, you know, maybe both of those guys make it. We could have a lot of all the young guys to start and then kind of figure it out as we go. Last thing I uh, wanted to bring up, though, before we get to, of course, the huge news, <laughs> Packers and stuff, um, Chase Anderson, another rough outing. I don't know. And speaking so, of giving up home runs. Man, I don't know. He's had he's had a really rough spring. Well, that was another thing I was going to bring up, too, is it seems like all the starting pitching has had a rough spring training. I think Jasim has been okay, a couple outings. Yeah. Z- Davies had a couple couple innings that were okay but but yeah it, it's kind of interesting to see where where they're gonna line up <laughs> the, the starting five because yeah, you want some veteran presence in the rotation but none of these guys are instilling that much confidence the guys you would the guys you think of as veterans uh you're mentioning that tomlin probably doesn't make the team anderson might to start just because those guys could be uh, injured or start in the minors to kind of rehab. But after that, I don't know if he keeps a spot in the rotation. So you guys are concerned at all about the pitching staff? I think a little bit. I'm a little concerned. I mean, considering we haven't seen Jimmy Nelson pitch like uh, an actual game, like I'm going to wait until he actually shows up in the regular season to judge him it's a lot of question marks if you're looking at Davies 
Nelson, Peralta, Woodruff as maybe filling out the rotation. Um, you could always turn back to Junior Guerra for the time being if you really don't trust like Anderson. But yeah, I guess I thought it was a little bit interesting that even uh, like a Freddie Peralta has only been given like four innings so far this spring, and a couple other guys that you think would would get some time to kind of see what they had and and potentially get their shot at trying at that starting rotation really just haven't pitched much. Yeah, because uh, we're getting to the point now there isn't all that much time left in spring. The regular season is, is fast approaching. Very fast. It'll work itself out, obviously. We'll see a bunch of different guys starting, I think, to start the season. Last year they really surprised us. I hope they surprise us again, but I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if they didn't pitch as good as last year yeah i mean we had some guys like wade miley pitching way overachieving yeah but i guess we had that the year before chase anderson was our ace that year Chasine had a career year last year yeah there could be some regression there i think though uh a, a lot of pressure then on these young guys like woodruff to really be not just a good pitcher, but like a solid right. top of the rotation kind of pitcher. And that bullpen too, they got to trust them more and more. And I, I hope they don't have to use them too much in the first half of the season, I guess. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to start burning them out. As you mentioned, Shasin's had a pretty good spring. ERA just over one. Eight innings pitched. Yeah, so he's the He's, he's, the, only, he's one, the only starter that has a whip under one. He's the one reliable guy, yeah. I know even uh, Woodruff... Uh, pitched well and only allowed I think one hit but he had like four walks in his four innings but like we said in a previous podcast they're all trying new stuff Chase Anderson's trying new delivery stuff so you don't really know it's not a good for us watching it it's hard hard to tell yeah but little things we can see here and there it's it, it can be concerning but I don't know we'll see gotta remember you don't win the world series in spring training Step aside, Grandpa Ted. The Packers have opened up their wallets. It is a new era in Green Bay. Yep. Go from hardly spending any money on free agents to becoming currently the number two spending team in free agency at a sweet, sweet $182 million. Uh-huh. Like the last eight maybe off seasons, uh, the Packers had given out the third lowest amount of guaranteed money Actually, the Steelers and Bengals had given out slightly less. But, yeah, the Packers were known for not signing a lot of players and definitely not giving out too much guaranteed money. I know that's uh, that's the Steelers' philosophy, and that's why their two best players are gone. Definitely. So you said the Packers spent the second most money. Who was first on that list? J-E-T-S. Jets. Jets. Making Jets. splashes. Jets. They get Le'Veon Bell. So did Bell's holdout, was it worth it for him? Absolutely eh. not. He did lose out on money. True. But. Guaranteed wise. I guess you never know what could have happened injury wise, if that could have hurt him. Well, he's only, he's only guaranteed $28 million now. So even if he got injured last year, he for sure would have got $17 million. And Yeah. I don't know what catastrophic injury you would have to have or you wouldn't get another type of 
even if it was on a one-year deal, uh, to go prove yourself kind of deal. But let's say he doesn't get injured, gets franchise tagged again, or does get signed that long-term deal. I mean, you're at least going to get another $17 million again. That's $34 million. I'm not super fantastic at math, but that's pretty much uh, bigger than $28 million. Yeah, it probably would have taken like a maybe torn ACL late in the year for him to maybe worry about contracts. But he already sat out a year in anyway. Yeah, I know players. I mean, he's still number two paid running back in the league, right behind Gurley. But, I mean, even if you look at that, he sat out a year, didn't get paid anything. Most of these guys have insurance contracts, injury contra- or in- injury insurance mm-hmm. policies on themselves. So, barring injury, he would have gotten paid at least a settlement from that. Sitting out, you don't get anything. I know. I think it's just uh, the players hate the franchise tag so much that it's the point some of them are just, they're refusing to play when they're franchised because it is not a great system for the players. I would think in the next collective bargaining agreement, it's going to be one of the biggest talking points, getting rid of that. It doesn't make sense at all. There's a guy that, I mean, I I do feel kind of bad for him, but he's with the Bears. Henry Melton was that defensive tackle they had who played really well. He got franchised. He tore his ACL late in the year, and then he had a one-year prove-it deal with the Cowboys, and he's never the same. He basically had his career ended and never really got paid because of the the franchise tag. He got the one year of decent money, and that was it. So I get why players don't like it. But but I, I still don't get the fact that, I mean, put that franchise tag aside, he turned down a $70 million deal. That's the big mistake, is that the contract the Steelers were offering him was bigger than the one the Jets offered him. Yeah, but... Did he make a bad decision? I don't know. But obviously there's something wrong with that with that organization because Brown wanted out, he's out. Your two biggest stars possibly with that team other than Roethlisberger. But Roeth- yeah. Roethlisberger's on his way out soon. The guy gets hit a lot. Yeah. So he's taking a lot of hits. So I don't know. Steelers might be on their way down. Yeah, and you look at uh, just the cap, the, the Jets, then they signed – Jamison Crowder, and they got yep. C.J. Mosley from the Ravens. Same. Speaking of the AFC North, the Ravens right. lost a lot. They got Anthony Barr too. Oh, so oh, almost. Oh, oh. Schefter just sent an alert. No. <laughs> Anthony Barr with the Barr last says, minute change of mind. There's always one guy every year. Yeah. Who flip flops? So just to come full circle and and the Le'Veon Bell deal, uh, the guaranteed money from the Steelers was forty five million. So obviously there's some kind of issue inside that organization, right? I mean, it, I, I mean, <laughs> he was trying to prove a point and then realized the market just wasn't there for that. I don't know. His market wasn't that great. A lot of a lot of rumors. Everybody was waiting for the waiting, waiting, waiting for the contract. But yes, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are going after him. Yeah, aside from Gurley, I don't, I don't think the NFL teams wise, organizations wise, are willing to to pay out that kind of money. I think you got to realize. You got to realize too. Last year, and a lot of years, the Steelers are one of the best run blocking teams in the NFL. Last year, they were number mm-hmm. one in Pro Football Focus. So that goes to show you. And look at what Connor did. Look at what mm-hmm. Williams did. They all ran really good behind that line. So a lot of teams look at that. Well, maybe Bell's not as good as he really is. I mean, he he most likely is, but. 
yeah, you never know. Talented, but yeah, you're not in, willing to take a, that risk for 15 million and give him a, that, that guarantee. I guess he's in a great system, basically. Yeah, on top of also being talented. Another one I thought was quite interesting was the Nick Foles deal from Jacksonville, getting paid an average 22 million a year. Blake Bortles was cut. I'm not sure. Blake Bortles seems to be interesting as a. I keep trying to find the Packers to try to sign a veteran backup. I'm still harping on that. I would love to bring in Blake Bortles. That sounds crazy to say out loud. But, I mean, look at our offensive coordinator. Yeah, our offensive coordinator from um, Jacksonville. He worked with him. Sure. Because, I mean, how many more times do you want to have Aaron Rodgers get hurt and trot out Sean Kaiser? You want to trot out Blake Bortles? I would would do that over Sean Kaiser at this moment. You don't think Blake Bortles is better than Kaiser? I don't think Blake Bortles is better than a lot of t- lot of quarterbacks. I don't know. I think the, especially with this system and this like coaching scheme, I think he's going to know the offense. I'm not saying Kaiser's better than him, not at all. Sure, yeah, he's better than Kaiser because Kaiser yeah. obviously was traded for a reason. Here's the thing: he's at least a competent backup that yeah. has playoff experience. Blake Bortles is a bad starting quarterback, but a good backup quarterback. Okay, if you need him to play a couple games, he's fine. He's not a regular starter, but I'm just sick of watching Scott Tolzien, Seneca Wallace, Brett Hundley, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and we go like 0-5-1 in six games without <laughs> him. Like, right, At least right. bring in someone that gives the team a chance to win. So, yeah, I want uh, I want Bortles. Does Nick there. Foles give the Jaguars a chance to win, though? Yeah, <laughs> I like the move for them. I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on Foles at all. Personally, but we'll I don't see. Think, I, I guess he has to get in the right system. I don't. I don't know if BD Nick is gonna make it a, that big of a difference. I don't know if he's gonna do well outside because we we saw this kind of move already when he went to go play in Los Angeles. You can't tell me that this move to Jacksonville is any better than that Los Angeles team. Who was coaching Los Angeles? Though? Who's coaching Jacksonville? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, guess no. I mean that that team. Was, it makes was, a difference with coaching. That, that, compl- that team completely underachieved. So you think uh, Foles is just a product of the Eagles, Doug Peterson? I think so. I think Doug Peterson's a really, really good coach. I guess Matt Flynn was kind of like that with the Packers. He put up a couple like that monster game because I was looking at Nick Foles did have a game last year where he threw for four hundred and seventy-one yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. It's, even. it's interesting how he can come in. So I mean, you have Carson Wentz, who plays for part of a season, and then all of a sudden Nick Foles can just stroll in for like half a season, half the beatings, and take him to a decent playoff run. And then the Super Bowl, what a year ago. Now he's gonna go get <laughs> go get his butt handed to him in Jacksonville. I I don't. I'm, I'd like to see him do well. I mean, I'm not betting against him. It just seems. Like a Jacksonville thing to do, just to throw, I, just to chase money at something. I think though Jacksonville was in the AFC title game two years ago. I think it's the right thing to do. Is just they realize they can't win with Blake Bortles. He's For sure, just, he's I just mean, not I, a good starting quarterback. So I don't know. This is the best gamble out there. The highest ceiling move they could have made at quarterback is Foles. I mean, would you rather trade for Josh Rosen? Would you rather draft? Try to draft like. Dwayne I would, Haskins. I mean, at the, at the asking price and the contract that that Josh Rosen has, I would I would take that in a heartbeat. 
You mean if 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 they would take a third round pick or a second round, even a second round pick? But let's I think I think the general going rate is a third round pick from a formal first round top ten pick, right? I'd be willing to gamble at a, at a third round pick. That 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 franchise is a complete inept. That wasn't a product of Josh Rosen. That's a product of a really terrible Cardinals team. Yeah, that that's true. That could be the case. Not that I want. Not that I don't. I don't think Jacksonville could manage that any better. So I mean, I I think from the overall franchise and where it's at in the in the coaching scheme, I think Foles is probably a better fit because I don't think they're they don't have one the time and nor the ability to like groom somebody like that. But if you could get them to a team, I know the Giants have been rumored to if the Cardinals were interested in trading that they'd be that'd be something because you can get Eli for one more year and hopefully try to groom him to be your quarterback for the future. Maybe we'll uh, have to make a bet on it once uh, once the win total over unders come out. But I I like the move. I'm I'm kind of a believer in the Jaguars now. <laughs> 49ers signed Quan Alexander, linebacker, four years, fifty four million, twenty seven million guaranteed, and he's coming off an ACL injury. He's one of the highest paid linebackers. They must have really loved him. I guess when you look at it, though, he's. So young. He's 24. I, I guess. guess you don't see guys that young hit free agency very often. But four-game suspension in 2015, hamstring injury in 2017, ACL in 2018. Come on. <laughs> Why is he getting that much money? I don't know. Uh, that's John what Lynch. What do they see? That's John Lynch, right? He's I just guess. in love with them. He, certain guys, he decides he loves them, and he is paying them. So then he, Of course, he pays Tevin Coleman, right? Tevin Coleman's due for a big contract. Nope. He only Again, gets two years, yeah, $10 this, million. This league does not, it does it, not value what that is running up back position. Nobody play running back. Yeah. It's not worth it. So they signed McKinnon last year to a multi-year contract, which we'll, we'll wait. I mean, he could be dropped by the time you listen to this, really, because mm-hmm. he's got a big bonus due on Friday. So he could be dropped. But they Tevin Coleman with the 49ers, and also they get D Ford. They traded at the what twenty twenty second round pick. Yeah, that was pretty cheap. That is not much, but I think the I bigger guess. story is the contract they turned around and, and yeah, it's a to. pretty big contract. What is that contract again? Five years, eighty seven and a half or eighty eight million dollars. Yeah, eighty seven and a half. There it is. Yeah, once I saw that, I'm glad the Packers didn't trade for him. I mean, I like D Ford. I wanted D Ford, but not for that's crazy kind of money as we as what we will discuss the packers move in a little bit but yeah i really wanted d ford but man that's a lot of money plus i from a pure value perspective and then like team fit i I still like zadarius smith like i know we're gonna get into a little bit but i I just as a fit and and the price you're paying because you don't have to give up draft capital and the and even the contracts less yeah but it's interesting how the chiefs have kind of gotten gutted on that defensive side a defense that was nearly last in the league they signed Matthew to a big contract, making him, I think, the second high, highest-paid safety in the league. Mm-hmm. And but they lose, they cut Barry, Eric Barry, nine what nine years in the league with the Chiefs. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they cut him. He's available now. And yeah, they lose. They cut Houston pretty much. Franchise take D Ford and traded him. So I don't know. That's pretty interesting to see if the Chargers can really take over that division now. Yeah, I mean the the Chiefs were in the midst of switching from a three four to a four three, so I think you make that defensive shift. That'll be some personnel casualties. True, and I, I think it makes a big difference as as I think I mentioned in the last podcast with with the Muppet and Hill. <laughs> you know, they're gonna have to yeah. pay a lot of money to those guys. So 
uh, they kind of have to get rid of those big $15 million contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, and they still have one of their top pass rushers from last year, Chris Jones, True. who's more of a – he can play traditional 4-3 and just fine. Jones actually had 15 and a half sacks last right, year, so right, yeah. they still do have him, and their defense wasn't very good even with all those guys, so why oh, not shake things the up? Worst. <laughs> so looking into uh, our division – is uh, Matt Patricia turning the the Lions into Patriots West? It's not very very Patriots way to sign ex Patriots players, though. <laughs> yeah, Danny Amendola they bring in on a one year deal, and then they sign uh, Trey Flowers for about sixteen million per season, ninety mil total, right? Yeah, that's uh that's pretty big money. That's the highest contract so far. He's not a guy who gets big sack numbers i know uh everyone says he's kind of like the underrated player because he can kind of line up anywhere he's good against the run but it's a lot of money to pay but the lions needed to kind of overhaul their defense as well yeah they got rid of ansa and he was getting old anyway so yeah they needed to do something and they have to keep up with the rest of the division you know trying to get trubisky looks like a solid quarterback you got cousins and rogers so got to get to those three guys so i i don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad move for them at all but danny and amandola i don't know i guess it's why not, it's not a big splash i guess why not they uh they're losing they are they traded golden tate last year True. they need a slot receiver they got galladay and marvin jones amandola those gives them solid weapons. yeah that's just solid that's solid of course we mentioned the vikings only one move right bar i haven't seen anything else that come through yeah, looks about it that was a funny thing. I heard that the Jets gave him a timeline and said, you have to accept our deal before such and such day. And uh, he said, heck no, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back to the Vikings. So I actually don't mind the fact that he's back with uh, the Vikings because they have the, I believe, the least cap space now. They are paying a ton of guys on defense big money now. Uh, there's even talk that this move might force them to cut uh, Everson Griffin, who just got a big deal because they they're paying both their defensive ends money. Right. Uh, Linval Joseph. Yeah. Harrison Smith. But they're they're just too much money committed, especially when Cousins is getting guaranteed thirty million a year. Yeah, and then they let Latavius Murray walk. Sheldon Richardson's gone. He went to Cleveland. So. Cleveland, huh? Cleveland, making some moves. Cleveland doesn't suck, huh? So Dorsey putting a stamp on it. Is Cleveland the clear favorite to win the AFC North? Oh my god. If you look at the the Ravens, they did sign a couple guys today, but they lost four starters from defense. Right. I'm in the upside down. And they brought it yeah. Is this real life? This is not right. So. This is not right. The the Bizarro World Jerry. <laughs> the Browns got Odell Beckham. Odell. Probably the the biggest move of the offseason? I don't even know. Is it? There's been a lot of crazy stuff happening. Antonio Brown gets traded. Odell With the Beckham. first pick in the heart failure draft, the Cozy Crush select Baker Mayfield. Oh, is that your, <laughs> is that your quarterback this year? I mean, Come I'm, on, Landry and Beckham? I'm going Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah. Wow. Nice. I like it. Friend of the podcast, Melvin Gordon. Plus, I mean. It's just interesting for Baker Mayfield, though. He's got some weapons. Dave, and if he messes this up. Don't forget David Njoku. Yeah. Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah. Kareem Hunt. Forgot about that one already. 
well, who knows how many games he's going to be suspended. But, right. But, yeah, man, the Browns making some moves. Crazy. And they didn't give up much. Well, I mean, you already had Chubb. Chubb, yeah. So, I mean, this team's pretty stacked. And they uh, they flipped Zeitler to the Giants right, for already. Olivier Vernon, right? Yeah, to get a uh, pass rushing compliment to Miles Garrett because uh, the Browns have a uh, guy who was a rookie last year that they want to plug in at guard. So, their defense could be solid. Don't you worry, though, guys. Their head coach is still Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Freddie Kitchens. I completely forgot <laughs> so, the most unlikely coaching move. <laughs> yeah, the, the the backup to the interim coach does not. So, uh, I mean, I just, maybe maybe why, Dorsey sees a little Andy Reid in Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> I don't know. I personally wanted the offensive lineman coach, but, you know. I just want the coach that's going to give him the yeah. most losses. What? <laughs> <laughs> that guy he had the uh i think world's biggest belly his, his world's biggest belly and then what the was brain. his big thing like uh like how he's supposed to go out and block like a rhinoceros or something like that Ooh, i can't remember exactly he had certain it's so about wiley talking between that blocking like a rhino and totally bashing stretching oh comparing that's right. it to world war one world war two those guys were heroes that's right. Won two world wars do you think they stretched? He did say that. He said the guys who stormed the beaches of Normandy didn't do any stretching before they did it, and they were just fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> that guy's he's old what? school. He's old school. World War One, World War One, World War Two. They did push-ups, jumping jacks, sit-ups. They won two world wars. You think they're worried when they're running across Normandy about effing stretching? That's the kind of coach I want. So just just comparing <laughs> world wars with NFL Well, football. I want him to instill some like good old. Fighting for your life. Good old with <laughs> playing for millions of dollars. He's he's just instilling some good old nineteen twenties exercise into their <laughs> workout routines. I just yeah, he's got a huge room of all those little shaking bands. Yeah, on your stomach. On your stomach. <laughs> Betty boop. They're wearing like those uh those one piece almost they kinda look like singlets, but they're striped and they oh, have there you go. curly yeah. mustaches yeah. and they're lifting hey, weights. Eh? We're lifting large <laughs> heavy dumbbells here. With one arm, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious his other claim to fame was during uh the team meeting he was showing pictures of animals that would be great offensive linemen such as hogs rhinos and gorillas which he compared to his ex-mother-in-law the because world? they have tremendous centers of gravity and balance yeah that's why i mean i'd be a and better coach than this guy come on and you'll also never see any of those animals stretch even once <laughs> How in the world does this guy have that job? He also yes. looked like he had never exercised a day in his life for a guy Easily. who... Look him up. Yeah. Look him up. He's well, my, He's my spirit animal. He looks like he eats <laughs> KFC every day. If the Browns uh, are one of the biggest winners of this offseason, are the Giants then the biggest loser? You think so? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's got to be a coin flip between them and the Steelers. That, yeah, that's true. They've lost. I mean, we a lot. talked about that. Like, we're they're paying they're paying twenty one million dollars to somebody not oh, to play for them. I heard some stat though that Eli Manning without Odell Beckham is one of the worst quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. The only one worser, worse, more worse than him. We're terrible. Is Blake Bortles? Oh, future Packers <laughs> backup, Blake Bortles. But yeah, no, I I think the Giants really whiffed. Big they, time. they probably made a mistake by not franchising Landon Collins when you just look at how much money they have and how he signed in the division for big money. I mean, I don't think he's deserving of being the highest paid safety, but they could have still retained his rights for another year 
And then the Odell Beckham, I mean, can you defend this at all from the Giants' side? No. They gave up I don't know. Can nothing. You, can you imagine being a Giants fan right now? I would be furious. Even though they have Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and they'll probably get That's a That's the reason you keep Odell Beckham. I just think Odell Beckham, I know there's been some stuff about his distractions off the field and there was the what was it, the boat game right before they lost to the Packers in the playoffs oh, yeah. and all of that. But he is one of the few really just game-changing players in the NFL. And I feel like those guys are just, they're so hard to find that you can't ever get rid of them. It's, you're just getting rid of a guy. You'll never replace him. Yeah, and it, the thing is, he, yeah, he had those little issues. But they said they, a lot of people said, I was listening today, and they said um, that on the field, he was a gamer. He was there to play. He was always showing up, wanted to practice and do the best he could to help make the team better. So if if he does he's not making issues on the field, like why why are you not keeping him? I don't understand it. Eli has just gone downhill and now you have Saquon Barkley and you had Odell and you just ruined that team. The the Giants have kind of been a mess the last couple of seasons since they uh, got a new GM. He signed yeah. Nate Solder to a ton of money. He was terrible last year. They signed a guard to last offseason and cut him midseason. They now lost Landon Collins. They traded Odell Beckham. It's not looking real it, great. It doesn't help that the team, team, the other team in New York made a lot of good moves. Yeah. So that that's not going to be loved in New York that the Giants just squandered away. Well, especially because the Jets have the quarterback that everybody said the Giants should have taken number two last year. With Darnold, they said a lot of people said it just makes more sense to get a franchise quarterback than running back. So, didn't you think the Giants actually made out better than, let's say, the Steelers did with the Antonio Brown debacle? They did get more in return, getting a first and a third this year. Um, I'm not crazy about Jabil Preppers, but he actually graded out as slightly above average by Pro Football Focus. I just coming out of college, I didn't think he had a position in the NFL. He's kind of just a jack of all trades, yeah, college guy. So, but I guess he can replace Landon Collins. I guess looking at the Steelers, though, at least they have Juju still, and they have Connor. They still have that great offensive line. So I think they still have the pieces to still be, still probably win that division. Almost you would think, because no. what the Ravens lost a lot of players. No, on no their... not win the division. The Browns. Come on, right? <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> yes. I, is... So the so the Giants with this trade have a sixteen million dollar dead cap hit. Yeah. Just like the Steelers with Antonio Brown, you're so eating little, them some money. Yeah, it's a little bit less, like, but still, I don't know. Yeah, that is. Uh, it's still a lot of money to have a dead cap for a player to not play for you. Is that is that just showing? So it's one of two things: either it's an inept franchise, or these two players were viewed by team leadership to be that detrimental to the team in the locker room going forward that's better to pay them to not be part of the team it's, than to have them it's true i guess you could look at uh how good have the steelers been with uh bell and brown i mean they're they're always pretty good but they haven't made a super bowl with them and then the giants since that 
year they made the playoffs and lost to the Packers. They've been terrible the last couple of years. I know Beckham's been hurt. But I mean, I mean, is the, are the Giants just trying to like just gut it, gut it to the frame, build around Saquon Barkley? I think they should. I, I mean, they get out of the the ninety million dollar contract now that Odell Beckham's owed. It is. I mean, you're you're pretty much you're gonna ride the wheels off of Eli Manning. It is a maybe little, get somebody maybe get, like we said Rosen kind of mentioned around or yeah. you have to draft somebody I guess but I know that a lot of people think they're in on Haskins the uh, Ohio State quarterback probably with their f- first of their two picks. All right, guys. On to Packers. What everybody's here listening for. What is your biggest win? Jake Kumaro. Good night, everyone. So, so the Packers made a big splash, spending second most free agent money. So of the four big free agent signings, you have Adrian Amos, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Billy Turner. So of those four that we mentioned earlier, which one do you think was the biggest win? Which one do you like the most? So I have one. It's probably as not, do I. Yeah. Do you have one in mind, Peter? Do you need to think about it? Because okay. mine, mine might be a little unexpected. But I really like Adrian Amos. So I like that pick as well, considering how much money was dealt out to other safeties. Yes, that is a big part of it. When you look at how much Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, and even Lamarcus Joyner got. Getting Amos for nine million a year is pretty good value, and uh, so Amos last two seasons by Pro Football Focus he was the eighth-ranked safety last year, and the tie for second-ranked safety the year before, putting him as an elite safety. But we're not necessarily paying for him like he's an elite safety, and did you know he in. 2,315 career snaps in coverage. He's been beaten for a reception longer than 40 yards once. I like it. He's always in the right spot. I like it because I've watched a bunch of highlights on him, and his mental game reminded me a lot of like Nick Collins. Not that he's that good, as good as Nick Collins. I don't think he is going to be that good. But he reminded me a lot of his uh, like ball-hawking skills. He's a, he's a game-changer. He's not afraid to go in and, and stop the run. Um, he can go side to side, cover a lot of ground. So I think that's, that's a good pick there, Mike. Pete? Yeah, I fall. I got a little source, Bears fan source. Mm-hmm. So I just want to rattle off a little things about Amos. Smart player, but not the most athletic. Ball skills and re- reaction aren't ideal, but he can tackle and play the run due to his physicality. Would be best paired with a ball hawking cover safety to hide those deficiencies. That's why he played well with Eddie Jackson. Because the Bears had the number one secondary in Bears the league. Bears very good secondary. Very good year. secondary. Their and Kyle Dog Fuller. and Amos at all, but that's what, what he said. Um, kind of interesting to me. But I think after the Fleury Monday, he was the second best safety out there behind Earl Thomas. It was an easy get. Well, not easy get, but good get. Because yeah. Earl Thomas is what making, what, $13 million a year. Yeah. And... Amos will cost five point nine million for the twenty nineteen cap. 
this season. So, well, yeah, I mean, he signed a four-year, thirty-six million dollar deal, but only twelve of that's guaranteed. Right, and the Packers—they so. uh, definitely backloaded all all the free agents signed for four years, and they're all backloaded contracts. Typical Packer contracts. Yeah, they're not making a lot this year. Yeah, they all have like three. Well, I think Smith. Well, Smith Zadarius has a three-year potential out. Preston has a two-year potential out, and Amos has a two-year potential out. So they can get out of these contracts. All and all guys in kind of in their mid twenties. Yeah, all from the same draft, twenty fifteen draft, right? So who's your favorite, Andy? So I think it was Adrian Amos as well. I think I was really excited and kind of surprised to uh, to hear that name kind of announced. But um, if you listen to the last podcast, I was a big fan of Sedarius Smith, so I like to see him go out and address uh, that Ed Rush need, and then even pairing it with Preston Smith. But I think Sedarius Smith, I think, is a better fit. Um, he's kind of a product similar to like what the Packers do, the draft and develop. So he's part of the Baltimore franchise playing with the likes of like Terrell Suggs, CJ Mosley, those type of players. So, you know, he's going to work. He came to produce in 2018. So I think he's going to be like a good fit and step right into Mike Pettin's offense or Mike Pettin's offense, Mike Pettin's defense. Um, he's definitely getting paid. Yeah. So we got a four year, $66 million mm-hmm. deal. Yeah, the Packers coveted him for a lot of years, actually. Tried to trade for him. I don't know if it was last year or one year they tried to trade for him. But Milt Hendrickson, a key scout for the Ravens for the past decade, left them to join the Packers under Goot. So, obviously, he probably loved Zadarius and and what he can do for this team. Really big guy, bigger outside linebacker for a 3-4, uh, what, 6-4, 6-5. Yeah, six four two seventy two. So really big guy, and he can really bull rush. So it's but gonna they be also, fun watching him. They also but he can do interior. Yeah, right? capable of moving inside, which is interesting. Yeah, I was kind of heard that he might be actually be the nickel pass rush guy. So that'll be interesting to see what where he fits. I just like that that imposing size and the physicality. He's gonna be a force uh, to get in there, and and he's pretty durable. And I was pretty surprised then when we also brought in. Preston Smith. That's my guy. So Preston Smith, I really love Preston Smith. Now, a lot of people say he's just like Perry. <laughs> but you know what's different with him? He's not he, Perry. He hasn't missed a game. Yes. So he's Perry when Perry's great. Which, again, a lot of people don't want to hear. But when Perry's great, we loved what Perry did, honestly. Yeah, when he's the thing is, he was not only was it that he missed games hurt, he played hurt a lot. Yeah, he had club on his hand. Definitely. He was, he was always banged up. So he was up, still so. a gamer, so you can't go wrong with that. But a lot of things that Preston Smith did, and everybody looks at sacks, but you can't just look at sacks for edge rushers as they have to, we kind of have to get out of that mentality because it's not only their responsibility. They also have a responsibility for rushing the quarterback, but also stopping the run, stuff like that but also getting pressure on the quarterback, which is something he really did great, actually, and got a lot of hurries on the quarterback and impacted throwing lanes, too. He had four interceptions, two fumble recoveries, nine passes defensed, 16 and a half sacks um, for his, uh, I believe, last couple of years. Uh, started the last three years. Again, hasn't missed a game. Um, 19th-ranked edge defender. Pro Football Focus had him. A-, minus, I believe. So solid, solid guy. And then for all you T.J. Watt lovers, just one little thing. Preston Smith, granted, he didn't have the sacks last year. Eight and a half, I believe, right? Or eight. He actually had a decent decent season. Four sacks. Or four year. sacks, but he had eight. Eight. 
yeah, last rookie year. The rookie year, year and the and the year and before. Year before. Yeah, so he alternates good sack years. So right. 2019 should be good. Right. So, but for all you TG Watt lovers, Preston Smith had 53 pressures with in 468 pass rush reps last season. TJ Watt, tons of sacks. I don't even know how many. 13 and a half or 13 and a half. He had 52 pressures on 458 pass rush, rush snaps last season. Yes. People need to look at sacks are kind of like what happened to like RBIs in baseball, where as we started getting more into advanced metrics, they realized that there was other things at play and that it's not the best indicator. It's not just, oh, whoever has the most RBIs is right. the best hitter in the league. Um, I know I've been talking a lot about QB hits, and maybe some people are sick of hearing about it. But the reason I put a lot of stock in QB hits is that's a good indicator of how often a guy actually gets to the quarterback, right. like when the quarterback has the ball or just gets rid of the ball. That's a, that's a good point because QB hits actually means that they got there. Yeah. I mean, you can look got, into it. Got there on time and not in a penalty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, half a second late or whatever, and, and fluke play here and there can be a difference between getting a handful of sacks and not at all. Right, plus if you're facing certain guys like Someone like Tom Brady, obviously, he's one of the best ever, but he gets rid of the ball in those situations a lot of times and right. doesn't get sacked as much, whereas maybe some younger quarterbacks, you actually get sacked. And the rate is NFL average is 45% of QB hits turn into sacks. So that's why I'm always looking at that is I just want to know that the guys are getting to the quarterback. And even you talk about Preston Smith, he had four sacks last year, but 16 QB hits, you would have expected seven sacks. Yeah. Um, Zadarius Smith had 25 QB hits last year, eight and a half sacks. You would have expected 11. The year before, he had 16 and three and a half sacks. You would have expected seven. So really, the, both those guys have actually had kind of unfortunate luck the last couple seasons. But so QB hits lead to floating balls and interceptions yeah. and fumbles. And so like, there's a lot of difference-making plays that happen. And like that. you said, Pressures, too, is the other stat then that that kind of is how often the guy is having an impact on the play where he's putting enough pressure on the quarterback that maybe... Cause a he, sack, actually. Yeah, yeah, could cause a sack, could hurry a throw. So so now you're pairing it now with having Fackrell back, Blake Martinez, maybe a healthy Jake Ryan, and now you're pairing them all with Preston Smith, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, and Zadarius Smith. I love the front seven now. It's going to be fun. A lot of fun. And what's even exciting about these, we don't we didn't talk much about the about Turner, but it, he had a little bit of depth on the offensive line. But the idea of these three at least and uh, will help. I think going into the draft, I think we talked about it last time, where mm-hmm. if they didn't go out and make a, a decent splash, they sign one of these positions, then that would really hamstring your ability to draft or take advantage of your draft stock and draft positions that we have the two first round picks this year. I think now that they did both, they've really got a, a legit safety and two pretty legit edge rushers. It really frees you up to do a lot of fun things potentially in that draft. Yeah, that is the key word is flexibility. Is there any position that would shock you then in the first round? I mean, obviously. I mean, he's free to go now. Quarterback would. But, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they went O-line, wide receiver, tight end could be uh, something they take maybe with one of the picks. I still wouldn't be I think the tight end pick looks a little bit more... Yeah. Easier to me now. Yeah, I know they uh, they brought uh, Mercedes Lewis back just for kind of for insurance, but I'd like to see a rookie tight end. Uh, 
Yeah, Even there's a lot out. more options. I mean, you could trade up, trade down. There's yeah. a lot of options they can do there's now. A, a ton in play. Even I wouldn't mind if they went edge rusher still, and just maybe your your nightmare package is you put a rookie and Preston Smith outside, Zadarius Smith inside with Blake Martinez on pass rushing downs with maybe like Clark and Daniels, and Ooh. good luck blocking all them. Yeah. So back on just a little bit about Billy Turner. Yeah, we can't forget Billy. Billy. Can't forget about sweet, sweet Billy. <laughs> so he's uh, overall, def- he was a decent like reserve. He's a decent reserve guard, but I could see him being a starter on this team. He is pretty versatile. He's a pretty good guard, and um, I really could see it because we had some really iffy guard play uh, from this team last year. So Yeah. And he has played right tackle also. So that I think that's the key is – on offense, the only guy, the only important guy who's in a contract here is Bulaga. I think this Billy Turner, it's his. The plan is to play him at right guard this year, but I think he's uh, an option at right tackle of the future because uh, I don't see the Packers bringing Bulaga back. He's just had too many injuries. But yeah, it kind of solidifies that right that right guard, which is something we needed to do for for Rogers' sake, and need yeah. to be, of course a rookie. You just never know. So I'm not really going to trust a rookie when you have these important season, seasons coming up for Rodgers. Did you say rookie or Wookie? Wookie. You can't. I actually think a Wookie. I did it all for the Wookie. I think, a, I think a Wookie. did wo- it all for the Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> I think a Wookie right guard would actually be pretty unstoppable. So, I mean, they signed him to those a four- Waskily Wookies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they signed him to a four year, $28 million deal, only $11 million guaranteed. Um, I think the idea is that he was a starter what last year for the Broncos. Um was a little bit here and there, but he actually ended the last eight games. Um he didn't yield any sacks and just one QB hit, um, where he didn't do quite as well the first half. So maybe he's starting to piece it together after being consistently put in the starting rotation. He kinda got used to playing it and then if you get him here in in full Packers camp and learning with the other guys, hopefully maybe he transitions into a legit starter, so it's not just a merry-go-round on that right side. If it doesn't work out, Sitton was cut. Lang, Lang is out there. Might retire. He's talking they're, retire. They're probably both retired. We'll break both him out of retirement. Probably, probably <laughs> and true. also, uh, uh, with LaFleur, the Packers want to run the zone blocking, and they say this uh, Turner is a little better suited for uh, for zone blocking, especially the, uh, the guards need to be a little more athletic, a little yeah. quicker to get outside on some of these plays so very interesting uh i love seeing the packers actually doing stuff yeah so what do you what do you give their uh their offseason grade so far i i mean i i love all the moves billy turner's one that's hard to get too excited about but it feels like a decent move. i would give them a only because they they did give a lot of money to those edge rushers i would give them a b plus I think I'd still give him an A minus. I think the money's worth it. I think it we will it will show that it's worth it for sure this next season that this is was such a big deficiency with this team and getting to the quarterback is gonna make it so much easier for that secondary. I think I'm I'm right in the same wavelength as both of you. A minus, B plus. I think A minus because I like that they they address both the safety and edge rusher, so the defense solidified. Maybe goes to B plus because that the Turner money was a little bit interesting, but 
that's going to kind of play itself out. So I'm a little cautiously optimistic I mean, that eventually switch it around. But yeah. uh, they're not, I mean, being only 11 million guaranteed, I mean, it gives yourself an out if it just doesn't work right. out. Right. None of them are too crazy with the guaranteed money. It's just, this is the way it goes. If you want to get in on free agency, you're going to probably pay s- slightly more than you would want to, but that's because you're competing with a lot of teams right now. Yeah, so with the, what is it, four signings with, we don't know Lewis's as of, as of today, we don't know Lewis's, but it's probably minimal. So right now the Packers have around $15 million left overall. So with all the big free agent signings, it probably leaves, unless they do some other cuts and kind of free up some space, between 5 to $8 million kind of left out there. I would probably want Breland back the most. I think Breland's going to be tough because Breland's calculated market value is six point nine million. Yeah, that's a little too rich for the Packers at this. Not point. Not saying he's going to get that, but yeah, I would love to keep Breland. I think he played okay. So, but um, yeah, I, I think Wilkerson might be easier to get back. It'd be nice having him back because he knows the defense, and he was just—I mean, the injury kind of kind of sucked for him so maybe another another one year prove it deal yeah um but i also i'm not counting clay out i haven't heard anything about clay that's true clay could take a prove it deal yeah so uh, there's there's i mean jake ryan still is out there too they still have to sign him the i mean the packers could bring clay back to play pretty much just inside linebacker that's always a possibility. Yeah, he he succeeded at the inside linebacker. I remember that being a pretty decent thing for him. I'm I'm just I'm really I don't know, I'm kind of shocked Clay hasn't seen money yet. Yeah, cuz I don't I, know, I'm just kind of shocked by that. It just really seems like a Patriot thing to do to go get Clay. <laughs> it kind of yeah. does. Pay Clay and Cobb, huh? <laughs> yeah. I don't think Cobb's I don't think Cobb's getting paid. By it us, is it is interesting though that both those guys I haven't heard, heard their names anything, even no. mentioned not even a rumor to a team no so they might be the kind of guys who right at the end of free agency there's also maybe one other other thing that might happen before Friday is Jordy Nelson might be available oh the Raiders the Raiders they? sign Williams Tyrell Williams and they have Antonio Brown they might just cut their losses with Jordy. Goodbye, Jordy. I I would think Hello uh, Jordy? I would yeah. Hello Jordy? I mean Packers <laughs> fans would love it. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen probably, but interesting I, though that he yeah. might get cut. Yeah. I heard that on the radio today, so the Raiders making some weird moves. Anybody else? They, I mean they, so so to wrap that up. So it is kind of it makes you feel okay, at least for me being Randall Cobb super fan. I'm okay letting them walk now that they have drawn on my Allison. I think that's okay with the wide receiver core they have. They have the elite talent and Devontae, the up and coming, and Equiminius and MVS. You have those those guys, and now you have Geronimo coming off that injury, but he was like like we talked about. Uh, I mean, I kind think, of like a rising. I think it goes Adams, Kumaro, oh Kumaro's and then back, just the rest really. Kumaro is Kumaro. back. Oh man. And then this is where I'm glad then that they uh, 
kept Jimmy Graham just to have some veteran presence. I hope he can kind of bounce back and be still be that red zone. Weapon, I'm still so. a huge fan of him. So I'd like to, I like his attitude. He says he wants to come back to, to, to prove it. So I'll give, give him that chance. Healthy season of Rodgers will but, help. I mean, he, he's not what he once was athletically. He's not going to stretch the field for you or anything like that, but he's a giant target in the, in the red zone. That's where uh, I wouldn't mind if they – Got a tight end like uh, Hawkinson from Iowa and had him learn under Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Opens up a whole bunch of doors. As you mentioned, flexibility opens up a bunch of doors to give us. The draft is going to be so fun now. I was all. Or it's going to be a giant letdown. Like we're (laughs) amping up like, oh my gosh. Well, I I was setting myself up for if we didn't get a good pass rusher that I was going to be freaking out about who was going to be there at 12. And now I'm not even worried about that, though. I'm just going to enjoy it. There you go. Packers filled all their needs. Offensive line, safety, yeah, an edge rusher. Yeah, they really did. Packer fan, don't get disappointed from this. It's funny because after all these big free agent signings, it's all these like mock draft boards are all like re-scrambled. Now it has the Packers at 12 going for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, makes things, a lot of sense. Things have really flipped now. They're, they're going to trade both their picks. <laughs> right, trade down. Trade down. And... Yeah, those picks are gone. <laughs> All right, guys. Nice job. Way to round it out. It was a pretty exciting few days. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Most uh, fun free agency. So in a much long time. So much free agency. Yeah, it really was. It's too usually, much to take in. that's the funny thing about all this is that usually I'm sitting here on free agency day. Where it's not like the NBA trade deadline where you know the Bucks are going to make a move. I always feel like the Bucks make a move every year, but NFL free agency is like, oh, okay, like whatever. Nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, I just so you never pay attention, but this year you kind of heard it. I feel like I feel like we would pay attention, but it's like, oh, I want that guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Why did we get that guy? I want that guy. But no, I was glued to Twitter. I could not. It was just like amazing. Like it just was goot bombs, like crazy. (laughs) I know. I didn't even. I didn't even keep up with them. I had missed that we got. Preston Smith. I it, like it was so fast. I was like, wait, did we get Preston Smith or Zadarius Smith? So you had oh, both. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean to tell me you aren't locked in on our Q to return Twitter feed? That day the day that happened, I wasn't because But it's it is pretty funny that you say that though, because Pro Football Focus was doing a video on YouTube for talking about Smith, Zadarius, I believe. And then all of a sudden they said, Okay, th- whatever. The ended their video and then all of a sudden it came back now we have to talk about because right. it just happened right. as we were wrapping up so it was like just crazy how fast those moves happen we have to start calling them like the smith brothers now right, right? oh yeah they have to have They're some name like brothers. that yeah. yeah yeah they have to be because it'll be z z smith and p smith right yeah smash brothers i like it hey smash brothers that's the, uh, instead of splash brothers trademark that right now and <laughs> Get that, get that get site. Yeah, get the domain. <laughs> All right, guys. Wrap it up. So hopefully by Sunday we'll get some insight and do a little bit of March Madness preview. Yeah. March Madness. Yeah. So much so much we, sports happening. I thought we covered basketball, right? We did. We did. You yeah. mentioned we it. We did. did. Yeah. We're going to go a little bit more in depth. We'll, get, okay, we'll yeah. get some We'll get some tournament results by then and Selection Sunday will have happened. I do want to apologize, Bucks fans. I'm sorry we didn't really talk about them, but come on. We've talked about the only first, Bucks for the, the first couple of weeks. So. All pod, all year of podcasting. No Bucks. Bucks. No. But it's okay. They win. 
Is anybody else getting really amped up like they want the? I always want to get to the postseason now. Yeah, I'm kind of done with the regular season. It mm-hmm. just doesn't feel nerve wracking. Doesn't now feel like, exciting anymore. All right. Well, good job by you guys. Let's get out of here. Your hat's in the mail, Greg. Yes, that's a good point. So we did, we did, we do have to give him a quick shout out. So we we emailed Greg, like we said we were going to. I did it before the show actually dropped. He had responded within 30 minutes of my email. Way to be on top of things. So good job, you. He had some kind words to say. So yes, your hat will be in the mail shortly. And uh, thanks for participating. So good job, Greg. And we're waiting for Pete to say his little funny. I'm so used to Mike saying goodbye, everybody. Oh, no. I don't know. Goodbye, everybody. That's my line. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Flooding? Sprinklers? Plumbing? Jesus. Don't put that on there. I always tell my good jokes off the podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionable to return. Follow each of the guys on Twitter for Andy at Andy, the number nine M-A-N. Mike at Mike R. Daly and Pete at P. Cozy with a K, Junior J.R. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.